This is Mindframe, a podcast of mind-bending science fiction. My name is David Moten. I am the author of Mindframe, and I am the narrator of all of the episodes. And with me, as always, is my producer and partner in crime, Brent Van Tassel. On this episode, you'll be listening to the story's prelude, which is a tale of a character simply called the Old Man as he seemingly drifts to sleep through various dreamscapes that he is visiting. Um, It might seem strange, um, and that's kind of the point of it, but I hope you enjoy being along for the ride. Um, We are part of the Podbelly Network, and we are a Podbelly original. If you're interested in learning about podcasts or finding other interesting podcasts, you can always go to podbelly.com. And if you like what you hear um, as you're listening today, you can always find us on patreon.com forward slash mindframe podcast. We have various tiers and various uh, uh, benefits for you joining us there. But without further ado, we hope you enjoy your first uh, dip into the world of Mindframe. And listen after the episode for some more information um, about other books and other things that you might find interesting. Alpha. Present day. The old man lingered in the liminal place that presaged sleep. That space where reality had a variable density and fluctuating tactile strength. Moments of clarity, of skies with a blue so sharp they caused him to ache, were interspersed with vagaries, memories, haunting scars and echoes of the psyche in which he was intruding. When he was in this space, free-falling towards sleep and the messages that came with it, he liked to poke around a bit. It was a morally ambiguous playground, a place where reality and truth had little use for him and he little use for them. Copenhagen 2012, the old man would guess, based on old cell phones and clothes and hairstyles. He liked this one. A market with a name his once-American palate could never have pronounced. Two boxy black buildings next to each other, just off the metro, or whatever they called their trains here. An open-air farmer's market in the middle. Small stands selling cheeses and hummus and smoothies. Jesus, he remembered suddenly smoothies, an ancient fondness for him picking off its own scabs and revealing a raw memory of things never to be again. A crowd of couples and singles and people fresh from work and bicycles, so many bicycles. The old man saw King Nanzin, a brute and muscular specimen tall for any region, especially China, walk through the crowd. Zin would have been a naval munitions loader based on his aptitudes, but Then he was found capable of a chamber. Now this was Zinn's Copenhagen, and it was a good one. Zinn walked with his sister and a tall Scandinavian girl, lovely and lean and as tall as he was. They ate frozen creams off waffle cones. They were both pretty girls in different ways, Zinn's two loyal attendants. The old man walked into one of the black buildings looking for the smoothies. A long line awaited him. He manifest thousands of krona and offered a week's pay to anyone who would let him cut in line. He had a smoothie in less than a minute. It was a citrusy thing with ginger in it and wheatgrass. It was a balm for Gilead and it took him far back to when he was still a human being and there was still a humanity that he recognized. The old man sometimes, lately, wondered what his first name was. He knew his last name. He knew his title and rank since these were the only nomenclature anyone ever used for him. But his first, Brent, he thought some days, but then, no, Brett, 
perhaps. Nobody seemed to know it, not even when he discovered himself to be a friend or a family member with someone in their frame. He could look at his file, but he would have to do it directly since nobody under his command could access it. Maybe 15 humans on or around the planet Earth could look at his file and learn his first name. He was too busy to ever bother. He had so many names, why should that ancient one be any more important than the smoothie he was sipping? He felt a pleasant wave pass through his mind, and he closed his eyes. Reality was washing over him, and his body released some chemical that felt mighty pleasant as he tucked one layer closer to sleep. A wind blew, and his ears were filled by a whisper with the volume turned up. The sound of the market was gone. He knew before he opened his eyes he had moved somewhere else. Smells of plant and earth and seed filled his nostrils. The chemicals that made soil rich, copper, phosphorus, iron. It was one of maybe five places he could be now. He heard a rusty screen door creak and open and slam shut on an aggressive hinge. He heard it again and two sets of little feet in chase. There was giggling. It was Kansas, circa 1940, just before the war. Not the war, but the one everyone called the war before the real one broke out nearly a century later. Shailen MacArthur, a Canadian, the old man thought he remembered, who lived here now in a vague version of Kansas on a farm. Her husband was dead from an accident involving a tractor, and it was her running the farm, tough as nails, with her two loving children as attendants. This was a place of radio shows and calorically dense meals, heavy sunsets that burgeoned in a wide open sky. Gentle creatures lullabied the night with chirps and calls. A few farmhands were in the small house by the barn. She had a military contract and sold wheat and corn and sorghum to the Navy. The old man wondered if the crops were accurate to era or locale, but it didn't matter. MacArthur came out on the porch, through the threshold of her slow, then hostile screen door. She had a thick black coffee in an oversized metal mug and ceramic, the type you'd expect on a farmhouse. A dog ran up to her to get scratches, and she sat with dog and coffee, watching her children run wild in circles around a tractor, the same one maybe that killed their father, oblivious to its dangerous potential to feed or kill indiscriminately. Brad, the old man thought his name could be. Rhett, maybe. But he didn't feel like he was ever a Rhett, even a century ago when all this started. Brent, he kept coming back to. Though to be honest, that could have been a friend of his who died in the war. Shailen MacArthur was what the old man would call a handsome woman. Her face was tan and lean, humble and strong. Christian, the old man realized. She had a Christian face, one devoted to something outside of her grasp, clinging to a mythology to give her faith in the next sunrise and strength to get through another day of pitiless farm labor. No different than the old man's world, he thought as he sipped his smoothie. Everyone in his own world worked toward an unknowable goal as well, with perhaps more faith than MacArthur thought she had for her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The old man suddenly remembered Christians, how many there were, or how many there had claimed to be. Unlike the smoothie, this was a cultural artifact he did not miss. How many Christians were left, he wondered. The Christians from his birth time, the lip service, twice a year every Easter Christians who never even made it all the way through the Bible that one time they tried to read it. Certainly there were still millions of Christians, but WorldGov had weaned the weakest of the flock and sent them on to do something better with their superstitions. WorldGov. 
The thought pulled him away from Kansas, right past Copenhagen and New York from the 1960s and Berlin from 1990, the places he'd been this evening while trying desperately to fall asleep. He was awake now, in his chamber. His loose shirt and pants flowed around his body and into the bedding, making it hard for him to tell, even while awake, what the borders of the tactile world around him actually seemed to be. The lighting in the room turned up to 20% once it detected the old man was awake. There would be no sleep. No messages beamed to his sleeping psyche from unimaginable distances, at least not for a while. WorldGov. The thought at night would always awaken him with a start. The lariat is closing after all. Or was it tightening? He could never remember which he preferred in this late night space. The old man had things to do. An email to the old hotel, a telegraph down to the valley. He had to send his own messages to people now asleep all over the solar system. He had revenge to get on WorldGov. He had a war to start and a fleet to destroy. He had a human race that needed to be changed at the cost of potentially millions of lives. Sure, many of the dead will deserve their death, but most will not. He couldn't let that deter his plans. This started with a war that he had to endure. It would end with one they would have to endure. It would end with revenge. It would end with realigning the human race with a different band of aliens from across the galaxy. It would end with the death of WorldGov, but only after a few more people were in place. So many threads to weave together, such a long time frame. So much could go wrong. He needed the widow. She lived in the mountains somewhere around the economic crash circa 2008 or 2009, a handful of innocent years before the war. He'd need the stage manager from the 90s and Teddy, the construction magnate, late 1959. His allies, the Bolivar family, San Pedro, California. Clarabel Campana, World Navy, present day. But first, her father, Guillermo Campana, he too was World Navy, making an ice run from the outer solar system to the inner. That was two years ago, damn near. And that brought him back to the widow. 2010, was it? It didn't matter. It all ran in a fog, blended together like memory did, and time, and dreaming alien dreams. Mindframe is a Podbelly original. If you want to learn more about podcasting or if you want to find a really great network of podcasts that you can listen to, you can go to podbelly.com. You can find their network of podcasts and listen to things such as Breakers and Path of Legends, and you can find a lot of other ones that you might want to explore as well. While you're out there on the interwebs, you might go to mindframepodcast.com, our actual website, where you can find uh, the merchandise that we sell, as well as uh, the re-release of my first novel, 181 Pine, and you can find the various books of Zach Smith, who uh, does the sit-down episodes with us as well. Um, speaking of the sit-down episodes, if you liked what you just listened to, uh, we record uh, special sit-downs where myself and Zach and Brent uh, have a sit-down and talk about the content in the chapter, so you might want to give that a listen if if you think that would help uh, illuminate it or, or make it more interesting for you. Um, on social media, you can always reach out to us. On Facebook, we are MindFrame Podcast. On Instagram, we are The MindFrame Podcast. On Twitter, they got to us first, so we're only the Mindframe Pod. And you can also find us on Reddit, where we are r backslash Mindframe Podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, the Lariat is closing. <laughs>